So I want you to answer me this. Have you been feeling irritated lately, short-tempered, burned out? And then let me ask you this in return, if any of those are a yes. When's the last time you were creative for the sake of creating? By not being creative, you're literally stifling the best and most magnetic part of yourself. Many people want to navigate life with peace and joy, but struggle to connect to their intuition. They find themselves overwhelmed, burned out, and frustrated. My name is Francesca Phillips, and I'm obsessed with spirituality and psychology and how the two can intersect to help you live a successful and intuitive life. I believe each of us can accomplish amazing things through balance and healthy habits instead of burnout. Consider this your go-to resource for where spiritual wellness and mindful productivity meets practical wisdom. If you're craving positivity and want to know how to find the answers within, instead of searching endlessly without, then you're in the right place. Get ready to feel supported and inspired. This is The Good Space Podcast. You're listening to The Good Space Podcast, episode number 41, four myths about creativity we need to debunk right now. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, Fun Little Things, and they say, I love listening to this show. Francesca makes confusing or complex spiritual and esoteric philosophies extremely easy to understand. She also gives us practical examples on how this stuff works. I've always loved Gary Zukov's Seed of the Soul, so it's wonderful to know I can tune in any time to tap into these incredible ways of being. Fun little things, you seriously made my day. That's my number one goal is to make spirituality simple and approachable. And I love that you love Seed of the Soul. It's such a great book. And I hope that we can continue to support your goal of staying in flow and connecting to these true principles. So thank you. Thank you for not only your wonderful review, but for being such a great part of the Good Space community. If you want to be highlighted in an upcoming episode and help further the mission of the Good Space, make sure to subscribe and give us a review on Apple Podcasts so I can then highlight your review in an upcoming episode. It only takes a minute. You can pause the episode and come right back. Make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag us on your Instagram story at findyourgoodspace, hashtag thegoodspace, to let me know that you're joining in today, as you know that I love to share those screenshots on our stories too. What is a creative life? Elizabeth Gilbert in Big Magic says, a creative life is an amplified life. It's a bigger life, a happier life, an expanded life, and a hell of a lot more interesting life. This may sound great, but for many seems like a distant reality, maybe even an impossibility. In The War of Art, Stephen Pressfield says, most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. Between the two stands resistance. Resistance will be the underlying reason for all four of the following myths about creativity. It could have its own episode or heck even course because it shows up in so many ways and causes so many issues within you as an individual and globally as a society. But my hope for you is that by listening to this episode, you will get an awareness, an awareness of where you may be holding yourself back from being your creative self. Like maybe you have a dream within you that's unlived and you didn't realize that some of these myths may be holding you back. And so by being aware, it can unlock something in you. And I want to also have you walk away with how important creativity is. It is truly one of the most important things that you can spend your time doing. So with that, let's dive into those four myths. The first one being, it needs a ton of time. People get this idea that in order to be creative, you need tons of uninterrupted time. Granted, 
the idea of being in a log cabin in the middle of nowhere or taking a week off for a retreat, a solo retreat even, oh my goodness, and being able to create sounds amazing. And if you can do it, please do it. Do it for me and for everyone else. But the reality is most of us don't have that luxury right now or it's just not something that we can dedicate time to. And so I used to struggle with this. Like I used to think everything had to be perfect. And this is resistance. This is huge resistance. And I want to share an example in my own life with my mom, actually, that perfectly exemplifies how this idea of needing time can just hold off your dream forever. So my mom's always been a writer and I knew that's something she loved to do growing up, but I never saw her do it. And so I would ask, oh, why don't you write? I know you're good at it. And she would say, I'm too busy with you kids. Well, first off, that made me feel like I was a burden and that I was taking her away from um, what she loved to do. And then also I got the idea of, oh, if I'm a parent, that means I can't do anything I love to do. And I have friends who feel the same way and their parents are the exact same way where they say, oh, I was, you know, you kids are what I'm focusing on. And it made, made you feel like it, it's, you feel guilty for wanting to create. So anyways, when I graduated college and was living in Los Angeles, working in the music industry, and my sister was going to college, my brother was probably middle school at the time. And I would say, mom, why aren't you writing? Oh, you know, once your brother grows up. Okay. So now my brother's in college and my sister and I live on our own completely. We're self-sufficient. And so I asked her recently again, okay. Or like within the last year, I asked her, why aren't you writing? Oh, when Daisy dies, she needs a lot of attention. And that's our family dog that we love and adore and have loved and adored for a long time. And sadly, Daisy has died and my mom still isn't writing. She's still not writing. And I think I asked her even like a month ago and she finally just said, it's just, I don't feel the urge to do it. I don't feel the inspiration, which is another myth we're going to talk about, but it's been like decades and she's still not writing because in her mind, she needs all this time. She thinks that she needs all this time and quiet and stillness in her life in order to create. And that is not the case. I don't know what causes people to think there needs to be a perfect time or place to be creative, but many people feel that way. Maybe it's how the title of creativity or creative was branded in the media, or maybe you feel overwhelmed at the idea of a book or a painting as a whole, right? So when I think of finishing a book, I'm super overwhelmed and then I avoid it. So you'd rather focus on process type things in your life like cleaning or scheduling. So you feel in control and competent. So that could be a reason. But regardless, creativity is an ever-present energy. It exists in every step you take in a daily walk or in those moments in the shower when idea zaps you awake. When you make creativity a habit and actually put things in tangible form like writing or painting or even dancing or ice skating, you're more likely to keep doing more and more of the same. And then you build this a momentum and just like creative space and just space in general in your heart and in your energy. And from there, you're more likely to continue recognizing creativity. Your creative sense is dull the more you ignore those inspirations. It's a practice. It's a muscle. And more begets more, right? So the more you focus on creativity, the more you're going to get. And the more you ignore it and, and dull those senses, the more you're going to get things that aren't creativity or creative. So let me ask you this. Would you rather commit to writing 15 minutes every day as part of your morning routine and let that be enough? 
or because conditions aren't perfect, there's that perfectionism. You get scared to sit down and create because you don't know what to expect. So you keep pushing it off for decades and decades with ideas courting you, but never getting to see the light of day. Either option can and probably will feel uncomfortable. Sitting down to create or standing or whatever is going to be uncomfortable. Not creating and letting those ideas fester and resist within you, uncomfortable. So which uncomfortable do you want to pick? Which will pay off in the end? Stephen King used to write his novels in his tiny laundry room with his typewriter or laptop. I can't remember what time period this was for him, but I remember him saying he propped it on the dryer as it was vibrating and drying clothes and he would be writing because that was literally the only space he had. And it's not ideal, right? But the funny and interesting thing is he said that when he did start making a lot of money, he still didn't allow himself to have the big desk in the middle of a spacious office. He ended up sticking a small chair and desk in a corner of some random room because he believed your life shouldn't revolve around your art, but your art should fit into and be a piece of your life. And he did that as a visual reminder not to get so egotistical or obsessed or like grand about his art. So don't make the act of expressing your creativity more complicated and bigger than it needs to be. Even for this episode, I wanted to open my laptop and type notes out on a Google Doc. I was resisting writing it all day long. Like for some reason, I just couldn't sit down and write the notes. And and there you go. There's resistance, right? Stephen Pressfield is amazing at explaining resistance in depth in The War of Art, which is a book you must read if you are creative in any way. Um, But funny enough, uh, later in the day, I needed to reset my laptop. And so I was sitting on the couch waiting for it to finish. And I felt inspired to pick up my phone. I don't know about you, but when I feel creative urge, it just start. it bugs me. Like it bothers me and bothers me and bothers me until I write it down. And so I was feeling that feeling. So I opened my phone notes and I just started writing. And I realized what, this is so easy. I'm just like texting on my phone, writing out my notes and what I want to talk about. And there was less pressure for some reason, the act of opening my laptop today felt so formal and like, you know, pressure. But when I went to my phone, it was easy. So sometimes it's just a matter of like the perception we put around the act of creating. So I want you to answer me this. Have you been feeling irritated lately, short-tempered, burned out? And then let me ask you this in return, if any of those are a yes. When's the last time you were creative for the sake of creating? By not being creative, you're literally stifling the best and most magnetic part of yourself. It's resistance at its core, resistance that stifles and distorts how you show up in any other area of your life. I notice that when I get snappy or irritated, it's probably because I haven't been writing because I know it's my true calling and form of expression. And the funny thing is when I do write, most days I feel light as air, elated, and like nothing could bother me. My spirit knows I care about its well-being. I turn up happier for my husband, more patient with clients or people on the street and feel more present. So this is the action I want you to take from busting this myth of, oh, creativity needs a ton of time. Schedule in a creative activity for 10 minutes every morning for the next two weeks. Make it part of your morning routine and non-negotiable. And if you don't have a morning routine you like, make sure you download my free guide in the show notes. Okay. Myth number two, you have to make your creative work your job. This is a trap many creatives fall into. They love to dance, write, or sing, so they pursue it professionally. That's what I did. That's what many of my friends did. 
which isn't a bad thing. It's an admirable, touching thing and so inspirational. But sometimes when you depend on your art to help you survive, emotions can get twisted. Resentments can start to form. Stories start being created about your art. And it can leave the creative person burned out and in such pain, they don't pick up the ballet shoes or pen again. It's too painful. That's what happened to me in music. I felt so much resentment and disappointment that it's been almost eight years and I haven't even sung that much. It's like a block sits in my heart where my untamed love for music was. I just had so many experiences that rubbed me the wrong way and went against my values. And I was basically a starving student while it was happening. So all of these things just made the perfect storm for me to just leave and resent it. And I don't want that to happen to you. But if it has, there is a way to heal it, right? So in the action step I want you to take can also help you if you already feel this resentment. So the action I want you to take is don't feel like you have to make creativity your job or nothing. Do you like writing? Join a writer's group or write 500 words every morning. You don't have to be a published author or nothing. Do you like dancing? Take a dance class a few times a month or dance in your house to your favorite music. You don't have to be a touring backup dancer or Misty Copeland. Do you like creating videos? Why don't you edit a few short ones each week, even just like a 30-second TikTok, or you can post a longer video on YouTube or Instagram. You don't have to be Martin Scorsese. If, however, you do feel called to make your art your living, then may I suggest having a part-time or full-time job working for someone else until your art can sustain you. Something that covers your necessities for living, then working on your creativity on the side until you make enough to quit the other job, that is going to help lessen the chance of resentment. The number one killer of creativity is scarcity, being in survival mode. The brain literally shuts off the creative center to focus on survival. So if you can take care of those basics, so you're not in literal survival mode, you're more likely to thrive creatively. Okay, let's go to myth number three you need and seek validation for your work. So a lot of times creatives will think, oh, when I create this thing, it needs to be something that can get a lot of likes or shares, or my mom has to like it, or my friend has to like it. Like you seek constant validation. And Brendan Burchard recently posted this quote that I liked where he said, once you stop needing and seeking validation for all the work you've put in, then the work itself becomes artful, meaningful, fulfilling. Oh my goodness, the pressure we high-achieving, perfectionist-abiding creatives put on ourselves, right? Because it's the perfectionist in me, I used to feel like, okay, I need to write this song. And if it gets picked up, then that means it's good. Or if the producer's bobbing his head, that means it's good. And I cared so much about what people think that I didn't even see what my own shine was, that my light was so bright and that I had so much talent because I was so worried about looking left and right. And you, you know, some people don't even start because the fear and pressure is too great. So even just the idea of not being good enough stops people. But here, I'm going to tell you something. Even the most accomplished creators will say that they would still edit or tweak their greatest work, but they release it anyway. The only real difference aside from like, you know, yes, talent's a little part of it and maybe they've practiced longer or worked at it longer, but they release their work the people were brave enough to call it good and ship it, as Seth Godin says. That really is what makes the difference. And it's not like you have to get published or post things online, but just finish something, create something, do it for the joy, for the art, for the meaning with no external result attached to it. And 
a lot of people you see as accomplished or inspiring because of their art, it's because they've learned to allow their fear to coexist with their creativity. So they learn to allow their fear to coexist with their creativity. So the idea isn't to get rid of fear or fight emotions like that or like validations like to resist it, but to stop giving them the driver's seat in our life. Because even though you feel fear, even though you feel insecurity and you have that need for validation, who says that needs to be the deciding factor of what you do, right? I know I've struggled with that. There have been so many times that I've written blog posts or whatever created something because I feel like it would be validated where it's like, wait a second, why did I let that be the deciding factor in the driver's seat, right? We're always going to have conflicting emotions or ideas and it's up to us to decide what leads, you know, and, and another thing is like looking at other creatives and thinking, I'll never be good as them. But first, why do you need to be like them? Why can't you be like you? Whoever said that being who you are is less than what someone else is doing. And second, imagine the limits you're placing on yourself by needing that validation. You shut off the very pressure valve of new ideas that only you can bring into the tangible world, all because you need someone else to approve of you. This has been an obstacle again for me for many years. Another component though that I actually didn't realize was a big player was being an empath because an empath takes responsibility for the emotions of others around them and will literally change themselves to fit in better or ease the discomfort of others. I don't think I literally changed myself, but I definitely dimmed my light and made myself less of a presence because I felt like I needed to fit in better. Empaths need people to be okay because they can't handle feeling the negative energy of others So that's a lot of times why the validation comes in. And now that I know better, I've been a lot better. (laughs) I know I said better like 10 times, but um, yeah, I think once you recognize that you're not responsible for the emotions and the feelings of others, it's easier to understand what it is that you want to do and what you want to create. So the action I want you to take from this is to think about the ways you're seeking validation from others in your life. Do you feel insecure as a parent and need to feel you're doing it right or that you desperately want your coworkers or bosses to think you're amazing? Maybe you feel pressure to stand out on social media. Make yourself aware by writing thoughts down or thinking about it on a walk or drawing something to just let the words come out, let the thoughts come out. Then give yourself compassion and love for wanting to be a good person. That's the thing is I know you want to be a good person and you want to just create for the love of it. And you want to like help others and serve and sometimes it can just all get muddled, but just know that it's okay. Like you are doing great. Put your hand on your heart and say thank you a few times and sit in that good feeling. Give yourself that awesome moment. All right. So the fourth myth that I want to bust right now. Yeah, I said bust is you have to wait until inspiration strikes or you feel like it. Oh, this is like my favorite myth to bust because we got it backwards. Most people got it backwards. I had it backwards. You don't wait until inspiration strikes. You act first and then the inspiration comes. So to make creativity a constant present in your life, you must show you're willing to show up. Stephen Pressfield, again, talks a lot about this kind of resistance. And actually it's why he wrote The War of Art because so many creatives and the creative process, it just has resistance weaved into it. So make sure you read it if this is interesting to you at all. And sure, you may get lucky and have inspiration strike now and then. 
But as time goes on, you'll get out of practice and more than likely you're not going to get inspiration. So you're just going to like be waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting until who knows when, if ever. So think about this, what you focus on, you attract more of. So if you're showing up every single day, getting your butt in the seat, sitting down to write or you know, going out to dance or whatever your creative act is, spending even 10 minutes on that creative work and staying open to inspiration, the creative faucet will go from a drip to a big rush. And I can say that from personal experience. I write every day, every single day, at least 750 words. And that's my stream of consciousness, my daily pages. And it helps just to get things out of my head so I can be creative. Some days I show up and I have amazing things come out. Other days, most days, mm, not so much. But I know that those amazing days wouldn't happen if I wasn't showing up. And just so you know, even the most famous creators still struggle every day to create. J.K. Rowling feels resistance when she writes. Picasso probably resented or beat up on himself for not being better. Einstein ended up turning on a theory he created himself. Even with that resistance, they kept creating, kept flowing, kept going. So stop thinking you need to have the feeling first. You need to act first. Then the clarity and inspiration will come. Okay, the action I want you to take from this is schedule out a block of time where you show up to create. 30 minutes or an hour and get your butt in the seat. Even if you sit for 20 minutes and hardly get anything down, it doesn't matter. The end result does not matter. It matters that you showed up and you're working to teach your brain to let go and let it flow. Oh yeah. All right. I really hope that this was helpful in some way and gets you at least thinking about how you can embrace your creative self and be more open and and just joyful in that part of you. And I want to end with this quote from Elizabeth Gilbert, Big Magic, another great book if you are interested in creativity and learning more about it. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. But she says, so this, I believe, is the central question upon which all creative living hinges. Do you have the courage to bring forth the treasures that are hidden within you? All right. I want you to go in the comments on the show notes and let me know if you have the courage Let me know what it is you're working on. What is something that's been on your heart that maybe you haven't started yet or something that you started and then stopped or something that's a dream, but you're not sure you can do it. I want to hear it. And imagine how many of us are feeling the same things, right? So I love you. And I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week, weekend, whenever you're listening to this. And I'll talk to you later. Now it's time for an affirmation. I embrace my creative energy daily and always have time to make things. If you found today's tips inspiring or thought-provoking, share it right now on social media and make sure to tag me at Francesca A. Phillips or at Find Your Good Space and also weigh in in the comment section at findyourgoodspace.com. You can find links in the show notes. And if you have a spiritual or mindfulness problem that you want me to unpack on an upcoming The Good Space episode or an awesome manifesting story you want to share, give my podcast phone line a ring right now at 917-719-0867. Also, don't forget to download my free morning routine guide. It's what helps me reduce my anxiety, increase productivity, and so much more. The link to everything I mentioned is in the show notes. See you soon.